We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in this evening and uh, going to be with you till 11 p.m. So thanks for staying up late with us here on Camo X. Uh, already have some text messages this evening. I love to get the text messages. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, an interview in the second segment after the 8.15 break uh, this evening. But otherwise, listen, open phone lines this evening. We'll be talking about lots of things, but always love to hear your uh, comments, either texting or calling, smoke signals, carrier pigeon, you know, whatever it takes. We like to hear from you. That's what this show is all about. Uh, by the way, if you want to send me an email at any point in time, always love to get those as well. My uh, my law firm, Harris Dowell Fisher & Young, my email address there is beyoung at harrisdowell.com. That's B-Y-O-U-N-G at Harris Dowell, H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. Well, yesterday was uh, Cinco de Mayo, so I don't know uh, if if that makes today. Uh, I, I you know my my Spanish numbers are really bad, but I don't know. Is that today a holiday? I don't know what the what the Spanish word for hangover is. I don't know what that is. So uh, maybe that's what uh, the holiday of Cinco de Mayo the next day should be is uh, Cinco de Hangover. I think that's what it's called. Now that I think about it. But uh, <laughs> uh, so lots of good places. I'm glad uh, restaurants and uh, watering holes are starting to open back up because uh, uh, we've got a lot of pent up demand over the past year. Uh, a couple of things just interesting here. Later on in the show, you heard Kevin Wheeler talking about it extensively about the Albert Pujol situation with the Angels. I, I do want to hear from you as the show unfolds this evening about whether you think Albert Pujols should should come to St. Louis or not, come back to St. Louis. Now, you know, Kevin Wheeler gave, Wheels gave all of the, the analysis that is pretty much irrefutable about his numbers and about his impact and all of those things. But here's what I was thinking of as Wheels was talking about all of the stats and data that he was giving on Albert Pujols recently being essentially no different than, than Matt Carpenter. But here's what occurred to me. I remembered when I was a kid and – Pete Rose signed with the Phillies, and when he signed with the Phillies, the, the signing contract was like for over a million bucks a year. And at the time, it was outrageously expensive. I mean, it was more than anybody was making. 
And I remember at the press conference, remember it like it was yesterday. I'm watching this press conference. Of course, it was live. And Pete Rose was asked by a reporter, why why do you think you're entitled to earn a million bucks a year towards the end of your career? So Pete Rose pauses and he, he looks at this reporter and he says, well, here's why. Because the, the moment it was announced that I signed for a million bucks, uh, there was uh, over a million dollars of season tickets sold with it before the end of the day. That's why I'm worth a million bucks. And I thought, wow. Uh, and so when you think about Pujols, yeah, maybe his stats aren't any better than Matt Carpenter. But would it put more butts in the seats? You know, would it increase viewership? Mike, Mike Anderson's smiling. Mike, what do you think? Oh, I was just smiling because uh, they're limited capacity right now, so you can't sell out the stadium anyways. <laughs> but that's going to change. You know that's going to change. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. It's going to change sometime soon. So, uh, But I was thinking of that. So I don't know if that's really an argument for or against it, but uh, that did come to mind because it does go beyond the stats. Already got a, a, uh, already got a text. Play Rebecca Black. That's the... <laughs> You know, people are in love with Rebecca Black Friday song. And yes, it's Thursday night, but uh, uh, actually, probably in the 9.30-ish time frame, I'm going to have a poll, and I'm going to be keeping track. Folks can call in or text, and I'm going to have a yes or no poll about whether we should play Rebecca Black. No, now, hey, turn that down. <laughs> You know, Mike. Just I, I always knew, Mike. You were a closet Rebecca Black fan. I oh, I knew it. I knew it. So we'll do that probably in about an hour or so because we've got some other issues of the day to pour through before we get to the fun and frivolity of Fridays with Rebecca Black. So uh, also on tap this evening, we're going to be talking a little bit later in the show uh, with a CEO and an owner of an energy and a trucking company because. Have you noticed that there's a lot of stuff you just can't get now? Prices are going up, and uh, gasoline prices are, in fact, there may be gasoline shortages this summer. It's not because of the a lack of supply of gasoline. It's not because there's a, a lack of oil, but there's a lack of truck drivers. There's not enough truck drivers to get products across this country. So we're going to talk to an owner uh, of an energy company who uh, specializes in trucking, and we're going to talk to him about how this shortage of truck drivers impacts us all economically. But before we do that, after this break, we're going to talk to State Senator Bob Onder, because Bob's going to join us to discuss this COVID-19 legislation that just passed in Jefferson City, it passed both the House and the Senate. There's some minor differences between the bills. We'll talk about that with, uh, with Senator Bob Onder. But more importantly, we're going to talk about what this legislation means for Missouri and how it will impact you and me. Brad Young at your service here on a Thursday evening on Camo X. We'll be right back. Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. Welcome back to At Your Service, Brad Young sitting in this evening. And uh, the legislative session in Jefferson City for the state of Missouri, uh, you know, it doesn't go all year round. In fact, it wraps up in about uh, in about less than two weeks or so. And so one of the things that's just come out of Jefferson City deals with 
COVID-19 legislation. So whom better to break down what this legislation does and what it's going to mean for folks in the state of Missouri than State Senator Bob Onder from Lake St. Louis. Uh, Senator Onder, welcome back to KMOX. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making time for us this evening. Uh, one of the things that passed, I know you're in the Senate, of course, but the but the House of Representatives passed HB 1358, uh, which is a COVID bill. And I know the Senate also passed a bill. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But what uh, just briefly, what did this House bill that passed, what does it do in terms of COVID-19? Yeah, I believe the House Bill uh, 1358 uh, would um, would uh, ban uh, the uh, COVID-19 passports, um, which um, you know I think are are really a bad idea. They they really do uh, do interfere with people's ability to uh, to work or to travel or to freely associate. Um, so um, so yeah, that that's uh, that that that. Uh, that would be something I uh, support. Well, but the Senate bill passed back in February. So what was in that particular Senate bill that passed? And let's talk about how some of those provisions would impact Missouri. Okay, so um, really right now, probably the biggest piece of uh, of, uh, of COVID legislation is uh, the what I like to call the COVID tyranny bill. Um, uh, Representative Jim Murphy uh, earlier in the session uh, passed House Bill 75. But right now, the most likely vehicle for COVID legislation is going to be um, uh, House Bill uh, 271, which would restore accountability to the um, to, to the public health departments that have issued these shutdown orders that have shut down restaurants and uh, churches and schools and uh, and uh, you know sport, sporting events. So um, so it would require um, that uh, that that the elected body approve any uh, health orders that uh, that that enforce any kind of shutdowns against uh, businesses or other, other entities. I think that, I think that is uh, right now uh, part of a larger bill in conference. And uh, I, I'm very confident that we will get that done. Good. Well, one of my, one of my problems with the way, uh, particularly in St. Louis County, I think we've seen uh, in St. Louis County, some of the more draconian measures instituted compared to, other places, even compared to the city of St. Louis, we've seen real draconian measures coming out of St. Louis County. And I guess my question to you is, is that from from a legal perspective, doesn't it appear that in the past year there's just been these uh, uh, almost autonomous edicts being entered that are that lack accountability, that lack any sort of a, a of a balance in terms of checks and balances? Is that really what that bill is is aimed at? Is getting rid of that autonomous single-handed power to institute lockdowns that affect so many people. Well, that's absolutely correct. Um, you know, County Executive Sam Page appointed uh, Emily Duche as health director over two and a half years ago, and she was never approved by the county council. And yet during, um, during uh, 2020, she uh, issued more than 850 pages of rules and regulations, basically laws, that by the county charter were supposed to be approved by the county council before they went into effect. The county council never approved a single page of those rules or regulations. Um, instead, she claimed that she derived her power somehow 
that somehow she was deputized by the state of Missouri and, and had uh, absolute power and was completely unaccountable. Um, you know, that really is an absurd concept in our system of uh, democratic government. Um, so that is exactly um, what uh, what uh, House Bill 271 would do. It would restore accountability and require that the elected body, whether it be the county commissioners in a rural county mm-hmm. or the county council in St. Louis County or St. Charles County, um, ratify any uh, shutdown orders that would happen. And I, and I would add, Brad, that these, these shutdown orders really did not do anything to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, in St. Charles County, where we never really shut down, except very briefly uh, at the end of April last year, so we've been back open again for over a year, uh, we have one half of the death rate from COVID-19 as uh, St. Louis County, Jefferson mm. County, that really didn't shut down, right. uh, has a third of the death rate of St. Louis County from COVID-19. So, you know, this is about power and control. And I mean, sometimes bureaucrats just love to lord their power over over people. And uh, we need to put a stop to that and really restore accountability. We're talking to State Senator Bob Onder. And uh, Senator Onder, I mean, when you're talking about these issues, maybe folks don't know, but you're not talking just as a state senator, but you're also a physician, too, aren't you? Yeah, I am a physician. In fact, I am a respiratory physician. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing um, doing um, I've been seeing patients with respiratory diseases with covid. I've been uh, doing covid research, actually. So. Uh, yeah, and I've and I've read, you know, the studies you've been hearing about in the medical literature. I've been reading every one of them for the last year. So uh, yeah, I would. I mean, I would look. Um, Sam Page is a physician, so am I. Uh, but I would uh, I would put uh, my knowledge of this pandemic up against his any day. Hmm. Well, what I think is fascinating, just on a national level, that really exemplifies what you're talking about on a county level, is that you compare Florida with regard to their level of COVID infection rate, compare them with New York or California, and it's drastically different in Florida, even though they've had a fraction of the of the shutdowns and closures that some of these blue states have had. Well, that's right, Brad. They, there's really no evidence these shutdowns or closures or mask mandates do a thing. Um, this is an COVID-19 is an influenza-like virus. I said, oh, about a year ago, I said that uh, if it's as contagious as we think it is, we're all going to get it, um, except that we're racing against the clock, um, you know, of, of, of development of a vaccine. And I think that's exactly what proved to be the case. So, you know, whenever, you know, at first we, we saw it in Missouri and the urban areas in St. Louis and Kansas City. And, uh, you know, then as it spread over the summer to areas it hadn't been before, the more urb, uh, the more rural areas, um, some of the so-called health experts said, aha, that's because rural Missouri isn't shutting down. They don't have a mask mandate or what have you. Uh, but the fact is, it's a pandemic uh, of, a, of a virus, an influenza-like virus that does what viruses do, which is spread from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is right now, uh, between the number of people who have had natural infections and the number of folks who have been vaccinated, 
Um, we are starting to reach a level where the pandemic is under control and is is getting better. You know, now whether we're at herd immunity or not, I can say that uh, of of those who are most vulnerable, which is um, adults over the age of 65, 70 percent of those folks have received at least one COVID-19 vac- vaccination Excellent. shot. So, you know, yeah, so freedom is working. Um, people being uh, being cautious, if they want to wear a mask, great. Uh, if they don't want to wear a mask, but if they want to get vaccinated to protect themselves from COVID-19, we have two vaccines that are 98% effective. There's no need for va- uh, vaccination mandates. There's no need for COVID passports. And uh, these shutdowns really have been a, have been a failure at anything other than inflicting harm on our society, on our businesses, and uh, really probably worst of all on our school children who have just lost a lot of educational attainment, suffered from depression and despair during this during this government-induced uh, shutdown. Absolutely. We're talking to State Senator Bob Onder. And Senator Onder, in the few minutes that we have left here, uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention was that in a lot of this COVID legislation that's either pending or has passed in Jefferson City, one of the elements that keeps coming up is the protection, uh, the business protection from COVID-19 litigation. What, what are your yes. thoughts on those particular provisions? Yeah, I do support business protection uh, from COVID-19 litigation. I think as our as our economy, as our state, um, you know, kind of claws its way out of the devastation uh, wrought by COVID-19 and government responses to it, the last thing we need is uh, is a lot of. Uh, of businesses, but not only businesses, churches, sporting events, and so on, um, just living in fear that uh, if they open up, if they allow people to live their lives, that they're going to be, uh, you know, sued for, you know, transmission of COVID. So I I do support um, COVID liability protections. There's been a lot of um, misinformation about the um, COVID uh, liability uh, bill that passed the Senate and is now pending in the house for instance it doesn't uh, create any kind of uh, vac- any kind of protection uh, against um, lawsuits for vaccine manufacturers um, I do support that legislation I think it's an important part of getting our economy moving again well I, I know that I, I represent companies right here in the st. Louis area I'm dealing with multiple workers compensation claims by employees who claim they got it at work and uh, and it becomes extremely difficult if not impossible to disprove if someone alleges that they got COVID at a certain specific location, it becomes virtually impossible to disprove that. And so I'm glad that you're taking steps to protect mostly small businesses. It's not the Walmarts or the Targets of America or in Missouri that need protection. It's the mom and pop places. It's the small businesses. It's the local restaurants that are run by a family that need this kind of protection. So I want to thank you for stepping into the gap. And I think even our churches, for instance, I think most of our churches still have, you know, half the pews blocked off. I just don't think that's necessary anymore. You know, folks who are at risk can get vaccinated now. People who want to wear masks can wear masks if they want to. Um, I really do think uh, that we need to uh, have all our public institutions be able to be reassured that they can reopen and, um, you know, get life back to normal without fearing litigation. Excellent. Hey, Senator Bob Onder, Lake St. Louis, thanks for joining us this evening on X. Always a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, when we come back from this break, I want to open up the phone lines. What do you think? You heard 
You heard uh, Dr. Senator Bob Onder talk about the the COVID protection, uh, his views on on the lockdowns and and the legislation in Jefferson City that's going to hopefully put curbs on the uh, the really the uh, unanimous power of a county executive to individually institutionalize these lockdowns without accountability and without checks and balances. What are your thoughts? 314-436-7900. Call or text here on CamoX at your service. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10-15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service on KMOX. Brad Young in with you this evening. And uh, phone lines are open. What's on your mind? COVID legislation? Uh, Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis. Uh, do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? Uh, of course, we we don't know what he's going to do, but should he come back to St. Louis? What are your thoughts? 314-436-7900. Hey, Barbara, welcome to KMOX. Yes, I wanted to ask. I want Pujols to come back to St. Louis. Um, he can't come back till next year. But um, is there a possibility he could come back? And what happened to his statue that was outside of his restaurant? Hmm. You know, that's a great question. I, I, well, whether he'll come back or not, uh, that's going to be a topic that's going to be hotly uh, debated. Glad to get your perspective on that. As far as his statue, I know that his statue was outside of uh, Pujols 5 Westport Grill. Um, I think it was in like 2012. The restaurant changed their name, of course, because... Pools left in 2011. But as far as his statue goes, uh, I've tried to look that up. I, I think that it's still in the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame memorabilia, but I'm not sure exactly what that restaurant is called now. It was called Patrick's Restaurant and Sports Bar at Westport. At Westport. I'm not sure what it's called now, but uh, if that 
St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame memorabilia is still there. I would assume that the statue is still there as well. Is that something that you had seen before when he went to his restaurant? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think I ate at his restaurant one time, uh, but uh, I, I hope it was good. Yeah, it was very good. Excellent. So you, so I want to put you down for a vote yes to uh, to bring Pujols back to St. Louis. Yeah. yeah All right, Barbara. Thanks for sharing your opinion this evening. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, there's uh, – uh, I, I don't have anything more on that, but I – I was just thinking about, I mentioned it really at the top of the show, about whether or not uh, if Pujols were to come back to St. Louis, hypothetically, what would that mean emotionally? What would it mean uh, financially for the Cardinals? And uh, hopefully soon uh, the Cardinals are going to start opening up the stadium. You heard Dr. Bob Onder, uh, state senator, talk about how a lot of these restrictions in our restaurants were just meaningless and they did not help anyone. And, boy, if you think about how that applies at Bush Stadium, I went to a game, uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago, I was at a Cardinals game. And it's outside, for goodness sakes. And there's virtually no chance of transmission when you're outside. Now, granted, when you're standing in line to get you know your proverbial hot dog and nachos uh, at the snack bar, you are standing around some other people, but it's not for an extended period of time, certainly not now when there's only 14,000 people in the stadium, which, by the way, you know, uh, for the for the Marlins, any year they would love to have 14,000 people in their stadium. I mean, any year, that's, a, that's considered a great game. And then for us, it's like, oh, my goodness, it, the place is practically empty. So, uh, or, yeah, if you go to uh, uh, Toronto, maybe they, <laughs> it's uh, nobody there during the regular season, even before COVID. But, no, we like to pack them in here in St. Louis, and there's really no reason. There's no medical or legal reason why that cannot happen again. And, you know, we've really seen with COVID. You know, COVID did a couple of things. COVID, I think, took trends that were already in place and accelerated them. A lot of trends that were already in place, whether it was like, for example, the general decline in church attendance has drastically increased. Uh, the uh, the cord cutters, people cutting uh, their regular cable television and going to streaming, accelerated it greatly. So we've seen a lot of trends that have, that have accelerated. And uh, even some of the decline of ratings on sporting events on television, we've seen that decline accelerate as well. But as far as attendance goes at ball games, uh, you know, we need to get back to that. And I just certainly hope that that the, uh, the Cardinals will be opening this back up. But the point I was trying to make is this. One of the things that I think COVID has revealed is folks' tolerance for risk. Risk tolerance. If you think about uh, the, the great uh, captains of industry, they took risks. They took risks to get to where they either are or where they were. If you look at someone who's launching a new business venture, they have to take a risk. And yet we're so risk averse today. And I think part of that is to blame is, is, our, is our, the, the attorneys, the legal system. It encourages that aversion to risk because people are afraid. That's the problem with, with government bureaucrats. A lot of times they're afraid to make a decision because they're afraid of the risk involved to make a decision. It's easier to not make a decision or let someone else make a decision. And yet in businesses that are successful and flexible and efficient – 
Someone has to make a decision and take a risk. And yet, oh my goodness, we can only put 10,000 people in Bush Stadium or 12,000 people because, oh my goodness, we can't take a risk that someone might get COVID. We need to take a risk. We need to pack them in. Be sensible. If you want to wear a mask, God bless you. Hopefully you're already vaccinated and stay safe and use hand sanitizer and do all those things. But we shouldn't be afraid to go out and take a risk. And that's, to me, one of the concepts that have been accelerated by COVID. And we can see how that has been accelerated. One of the things I mentioned was was churches even. And it's interesting because there's always... You know, every day of the week is some kind of a such and such a day. You know, it's not, uh, it could be uh, Nurses Day. It could be Donut Day. It could be uh, uh, Piñata Day. I mean, there's all these days. Well, today is the National Day of Prayer. And unlike a lot of these days that people just make up, this was actually done by law, instituted by Congress, signed into law. I believe it was in 1952. And so every president on the National Day of Prayer, always makes a a proclamation. But what I found interesting about the proclamation from President Biden today is that in the I've got the whole proclamation here in front of me. There's not God is never mentioned in the in the proclamation for the National Day of Prayer. God is not mentioned in any way, and I just wonder how you can do a proclamation without even referencing God in any way. Now, I think that stems from his reluctance to take a risk, that if he mentions God, he's going to risk offending somebody. He's going to risk offending groups that are going to yell and scream at him for mentioning God's name. And so he doesn't even mention it. And to me, that falls under that category of an inability or a fear to risk anything. But folks, I want to tell you, if we're afraid to take a risk— then there can't be any gain. There is no such thing as risk-free gain. I mean, even if you go out and play the lottery, you know, you got to buy the lottery tickets. Okay, so, so there's some risk there. But, uh, uh, but we're just this risk-averse society, and I've seen COVID accelerate that. When we come back, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, there are a couple of fascinating legal issues that are going on right here in Missouri that are going to have ramifications nationwide uh, because of how we are dealing with COVID and the technology that's gone into place to get us through this pandemic. Brad Young here on At Your Service, 314-436-7900. Call or text. We'll be back right after this. Keep pace with the latest locally. Ask your smart speaker to play KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. You know, producer extraordinaire Mike Anderson pointed out that in addition to being National Prayer Day, it's also National No Diet Day, National National Nurses Day, and National Beverage Day. Now, here's my question. Why isn't National Beverage Day, why doesn't that coincide with Cinco de Mayo? I mean, it seems like those should be the same. I don't know that you want to have National Beverage Day the day after. I mean, the day after Cinco de Mayo should be National Pepto-Bismol Day. It shouldn't be National Beverage Day. I think I'm going to have to write somebody in Washington and get that worked out. Hey, Scott's been holding for a long time. Hey, Scott, welcome to KMOX. Scott, you're up, Hello. buddy. 
Scott, last chance. Listen to me, not the radio. No, I am. No, oh, okay. What's what? Uh, welcome to Camo X. What's going on? Hey, Mike. An- Mike Anderson says it's uh, don't like a lawyer day today. Don't like a lawyer day today? No, no. Mike never says that. <laughs> Mike wouldn't say hey, that. Uh, talking about the president and National Prayer Day, I- I'll just say this: that's how you win elections. Okay. You straddle the fence on everything. You find something like the pandemic that creates fear, and you stoke the flames and cause a panic. Hmm. So by not offending anyone, that's the way you try to appeal to the most number of people? Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's how you win elections. Okay. Well, uh, but do we? is that what we want from our politicians? In other words, is that the— is that, I hope not. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that either. And yet, you're right. I think a lot of uh, a lot of politicians are afraid to take uh, take too strong of a position because of whom they might offend. Hey, Scott, appreciate you calling in this evening. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's got a point, and I don't disagree. But uh, I I want politicians to take a stand. You know, it's interesting that uh, during the election, if you remember, during the Democrat primary, one of the questions that was asked when they were on stage was that whole group of Democrats on stage. And it was kind of like, you know, the Indy 500 up there during the Democrat primary, meaning that everyone was was turning to the left going as fast as they can. And one of the things was the questions was, well, who here is in favor of giving uh, health care, free health care benefits to undocumented workers who you know, used to be called illegal aliens uh, and now they're called undocumented workers? Uh, who's in favor of giving free health care? And everybody raised their hand. Everybody raised their hand. And who's in favor of giving the right to vote to undocumented workers? And everyone raised their hand. And yet now uh, you, we see this border crisis that's going on and President Biden says, well, I, I have no idea you know, why that's happening. I have no idea how, why this is occurring. It's certainly not because of any of my policies. Well, if you put a sign up in front of Walmart that says everything is free today, do you think you would have a good crowd at Walmart? You bet you would. Of course, the biggest question wouldn't be how many people you would have in the store. It would be how many of them would be wearing pants. But you would have a lot of people at Walmart if you said today is everything is free day. Uh, you would have a big crowd. And so to me, it's no shock. And yet there's no accountability. Uh, and uh, it just boggles my mind that uh, he's not held accountable for that. Now, I did get a lot of texts in uh, over the last few minutes. And one of them is that Tony LaRussa could um, could maybe put up Albert. You know, I guess you're talking about uh, with the White Sox. Yeah, you could probably p- go with the White Sox. Now, I did check the White Sox. I don't usually keep track of the American League very much because that's only the, you know, the team that we try to beat uh, in the World Series. So I'm a National League guy. But uh, I think the Sox are actually doing pretty well. But I did email a buddy of mine in Chicago this week. And uh, uh, how are they doing, Mike? Are the White Sox doing any good, do you know? They're doing good. I think they are a game or two behind the Royals. I think they're in second place in the AL Central. That's good. That's good. I did email a buddy of mine in Chicago this week, and, and I asked him, I said, when Tony La Russa goes out to the mound to change pitchers, does he use a walker, yes or no? And, uh, and I got some words back from, uh, that I can't say on the air. So I had, to, I had to tease him about that. 
But uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if uh, Larusa would want to bring Pujols up to Chicago or not, because as as you heard Kevin Wheeler talking about just about an hour ago, the question is if Albert wants to play, and if he wants to play every day, what team is going to allow him to do that? He has an emotional connection with St. Louis, but I don't know that any other place would want to put him on and have him be a day day to day, day in, day out starting player. Uh, just because, I mean, the guy's 41, and he's just not hitting the same way that he was when he was 31. So uh, the other issue, though, and we're probably going to get into this a little bit in the next hour, is, and I think this is an amazing legal issue that comes up, and we're going to see this dealt with in Missouri for the first time in the country, as far as I know. But here's an interesting issue. You've heard, if you've ever watched Law & Order, okay, who hasn't? Everybody's watched Law & Order. You know that you have the right, as a defendant, when you're accused of a crime, you have the right to confront your witnesses. You have the right to confront your accusers. You have the right to confront the people who are saying, you committed a crime and this is what I'm saying you did. You have a constitutional right to do that, both under the under the federal constitution and under the Missouri constitution. So if you have a trial and the witnesses are testifying by zoom or by WebEx or by, I'm using zoom as a generic term for video conferencing. Okay. Is that the same as being able to confront your witnesses? That's the issue that's up now in, in, in St. Louis, it was a trial that occurred last year, and a person was on trial uh, for statutory rape. And the primary evidence against him was coming from uh, a, a, a DNA scientist lab person who said this, this DNA matched the defendant. But this expert testified by Zoom. He would not come into the courtroom and testify by Zoom. So... This case, he was found guilty, he was convicted, and he was sentenced to prison. But now he's appealing that because at the time he objected to whether or not his constitutional rights were impacted as a result of him not being able to face his accuser. I'll get into, um, I'll get into more of this in the next hour, but what are your thoughts on this? I mean, is that the same? Would you think it's the same to have uh, someone testify against you by Zoom, is that really the same as being able to face your accuser? Or somehow are you getting shortchanged and cheated at your right to justice because someone wants to you know, testify uh, uh, via WebEx? Now, I've done a lot of depositions via Zoom in the past year, and it's just not the same thing as being there live and in person. So when the Missouri Supreme Court decides this issue, this is the kind of case that could go to the U.S. Supreme Court and make precedent for the entire country in terms of how we deal with COVID in the courtroom. Brad Young here on At Your Service on KMOX. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.